lovers quarrel. It's a long sustained quarrel. What's going on, world? Hey, everybody. It's your guy, TJ, Mr. New Cool. And it is your helplessly harried hamster, Danny. Okay. Come through with the, with the sound effects. I, I, I do what I can. What was the second word? Harried. Hmm. I never heard that before. Harried means, and actually I'll give you the formal definition, but basically it means like you're stressed out. Got you. But harried means feeling strained as a result of having demands persistently made on one. Okay. I'm trying to trying to use some, some, some new words. You're trying to, I feel like you're trying to embark on my, you know. Word of the week. I, I'm not because I knew what Harry meant before I used it, but. I'm going to let the listeners, sorry, I'm going to let the lovers think that because I've just seen you look at your phone for the. No, I said I'll give you the formal definition, but what did I say? I said before I even looked at it, I said stressed out. I don't think we know if that's true or not. But go ahead. How are you doing? Well, obviously you're stressed out. What's uh, got you stressed, Danny? I mean, we could jump right into the. Uh, to our elevator, if that's if you really want to know your why. Your stress is your elevator? Part of it. All right. Well, so going down. So y'all y'all have been listening for a year and a half, however long y'all been rocking with us. And you know that uh, the major point of my stress has always been grad school and the balance that is. May 22nd. <sighs> So I am in the last mile of the way. By the time y'all hear this, I will be two days away from my final submission of my portfolio. And then it's in my review panel in God's hands about passing. And then it's all, you know, I'm, I'm going to claim it when all goes well. I will be graduating. But I will, I'd be lying if I said I'm not stressed the fuck out. Like, it's, y'all already know. They ask her so much. And like, you know. Think about it. Anytime you've got like a major deadline and those like weeks leading up to it, you feel the stress in your back and you know, in your your neck and you know, I'm just tense and like stuff aches and hurts and I'm not sleeping great and you know, my anxiety is through the roof and stuff like that. So it's I'm just, you know, it's the last mile of the way, but it's a it's a long it's a fight. It's been a fight the entire time and I can't wait to be done, but I'd be lying if it wasn't like stressing me to fuck out. Um, but I'm not only, I'm not staying down though. Can I also go up? Are you going to, are you going to take, do me? Well, I wanted to be down. I have, I have a down and a up, so. Okay. So you want to do be, down, down, up, up, like a controller? This, this could be your solo. Go ahead. Oh, so I, I can do yeah. my down up and you can do your down up? Yeah. I'm, I'm not even in your elevator. Oh. You're in my elevator. So. Here we go. Our, so listen, in my elevator is luxury seating, right? Yeah. It's nice classical music playing. Is it an elevator operator? Yeah, I, I, what you mean? Like a person? Yeah, an elevator yeah. operator. Yes. Okay. Yep. Like the old school ones. This is like his the name fa- is Benson. His name is Benson. Yes. Okay. And he's very polite. Okay, so he says like good morning, good evening. Good- all of that. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Yeah, and he asks you how you're doing, all of that. So, you know, I just want to paint the picture for people, you know what I mean? So what's my elevator? Listen... I don't know what your elevator looks like. You trying I'm to make just, my, like my shit like a project elevator? Like it's pissy? Well, it might be. A, you got to hold the door close button for it to close. No, I mean, it has a really nice, your elevator has a really nice voice. I'm just saying, you know, my joint is just fire. I'm just painting a picture. Anyway. All right. So I can 
continue on my elevator yeah. or your elevator. Anyway. Benson wants to know, you, you want to go up now? I do. All right. We're going up, guys. So That's who, Benson's voice. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's his. Yeah, we're that, going up, guys. Real, real professional. We're going up, guys. Okay. So, um, you know, in, in between everything else that I'm doing, you know, I do sc- scroll through these internets and these social media sites. And on Twitter, this past week, I have officially become a Jack A. Harry fan. So... I don't know how anybody would know this, but Jack A. Harry of 227, of Sister Sister fame. Sister um, Sister is probably what mo- most people would know her as. Younger people, yes. Older people would definitely know 227. Okay. Um, so she, so basically, I, you know, I follow, of course, Kid Fury and Crystal from the Read, and they've like reposted her several times, and she's always kind of said these like little funny things. But somehow she ended up on my timeline again this week. And when somebody post, somebody else who's verified posted a question, basically, it was like, what was the strangest celebrity encounter you've ever had? And Jack A. Harry responded to the person and said that Eartha Kitt slapped the shit out of her and that because she was, um, she thought she was sleeping with her man. And then she responded, she was like, which I was, but I didn't know that that was her boyfriend, too. And... It just led me to go to her actual like account, and yo, she is consistently funny. Like her, her, her clapbacks, her just commentary, a one. And so, like you know, it's always fun when you find somebody who really uses like a social media platform well. And it was it was just like the necessary laugh that I needed. It's just like just knowing that. The mom from Sister Sister got the shit slapped out of her by Eartha Kitt. And even though, like, Eartha Kitt and Jack A. Harry are, like, they're not they're, they're not that close close in age. Like, Eartha Kitt's dead now. But, like, so it's just like, damn, like, who was this man that was kind of getting at the old and the young? But then again, Eartha Kitt was kind of, she was definitely, like, a cougar before a cougar was a thing. Because if you think about her in Boomerang, she was like, Marcus. I think that was more of a role, but... Okay. I, I know it was more of a role, but I think that that sometimes, you know, art imitates life. Got you. So, that is my going up. I stand for Jack A. Harry. Thank you for bringing a little life to my, a little laughter to my life these days. All right, Mrs. Byerson, is there anything else before you get off our elevator? Yeah, because I'm, who's your supervisor? Because you are a terrible elevator operator, Benson. I think you're just being a hater right now. I'm not, because you sound like you're ready for me to stop talking. No, I'm just asking a question. You sound irritated. I didn't sound irritated at all. Okay, so where's my good afternoon, good evening, and good night? I don't do all that. What a... Are you ready to get off? Yeah, I'm ready to get off your little tie elevator. Well, you have yourself a wonderful night. I guess. Kiss the kids. Why do you know if I have kids? I'm assuming. See, no, you the, you the elevator operator from that movie. What was the movie with only one elevator? Devil. What? You you Benson is not Benson. It's Bokeem. No. Yes, it is. Anyway, go ahead. Listen, Benson was being very nice to you in our plush, exclusive elevator with seating. I now guess. let me get into your tired elevator with the great voice. You do got a great voice though. Going down. Um. So, I wanted to say. Nipsey Hussle um, funeral was at the Staples Center, mm. and tickets were free. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of piece of shit people 
mm-hmm. who were trying to resell tickets. Free, free tickets, yeah. Like they were free tickets, and people were trying to make a, 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 a markup off of it. And you know, it just shows you that a lot of people ain't shit. Mm-hmm. Like this was a free event, and you're trying to charge people. Like everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people try to come up on stuff that you don't always got to come up on. Like, this is to celebrate somebody's life and you are trying to make a buck off of it. Um, so, I thought Everything that was shitty. Everything ain't a hustle. Um, I agree. And then um, I watched the funeral. and Yeah, I caught some parts of it. It was, it was sad to, like, see... But it's also like a positive, so now we can go up. Going up. Um, to see the funeral, like to see all the love that he got, yeah. to see, you know, President Obama's, you know, writing a letter. Mm-hmm. Um, just everybody there. Twenty one thousand people. Like he was loved. I I was moved to tears several times. Like the little bit I caught, I'm actually probably gonna get tears up right now, but. Which parts did you see? I you know so, I don't cry, but when the kids was on the stage, I almost got it. Got oh, you. That was tough. Yeah, no, I didn't see that part. Oh no, because I was still driving or or like school. I was still school mode. So when I left work, I caught his brother. Like that's when I came in. So that yeah, was his like, brother was good. I liked his brother's speech. Yeah, I didn't then, like Snoop Dogg's speech. You know, so what I'll say is this: is that in times of morning people express themselves really differently and like obviously this wasn't a typical funeral or service mm-hmm. there i mean obviously there were some things that were very typical but then there weren't things typical from the way like people were cursing to the way <laughs> where it was held but i like that but i i, I can appreciate it like, I, I wasn't mad at if it if i all. die i want people to be themselves yeah but- i don't want no no Listen, I understand we could be, I understand, well, they weren't in, in the house of God, even though they were, like, godly figures. Yeah. But I appreciated that. I appreciated I that they were being themselves. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't, for me, the, the cursing wasn't off-putting to me mm-hmm. because they were being authentic. But sometimes when you're talking about someone who has passed, it doesn't always, like, translate. Like... I think sometimes you like know what, what it is. Give me an example. So like, I guess I guess you know if you've ever for y'all who are listening, like if you've ever been to a funeral and like people are up there talking about things that in your mind you're like, is this a, appropriate that they're sharing? Not no. like not, so. What was something that was said that made you think that? Um. I think was it was it YG? Oh, when he said we had two, we have we have light skin. Like I, I, I didn't even hear that part, but like I, I think it was just it was just the look. Put it like this: everybody isn't the. I think what it is is that everybody want when you're when you're grieving, people want to share their their memories and their stories or whatever. But some people just in general are better speakers than others, and I, I, that's I think what I'm getting. I at. I will agree with you on that. So that way, sometimes but I, I didn't like that people because I did see some people who were like. Did YG say whatever he said? And it's like, he was being authentic. And and I don't think he meant it in a way to say, like, dark-skinned girls weren't pretty. Yeah. But I, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. I think funerals is, is, is kind of those one times where 
people should get a pass on what they're saying. I agree. Due to, like you're saying, like, like you emotions not, are, are, are running. Yeah. You like, may get a little nervous. You may get a little sad. You may get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Grief is, is hard for a lot of people. Snoop Dogg, uh, like for me, Snoop Dogg's speech, he kind of talked about himself in the That's speech, another thing. Yeah. And it was kind of like, it's not about you. And, and but that, maybe he didn't know how to articulate or maybe he really, you know what I mean, really felt like yeah, that, and that's this could have been me type shit. Yeah. And that's what I think. I think that's why I'm saying like sometimes it doesn't translate well mm-hmm. because like you, like everything you're saying, like it's like a bullet point. Like, all right, let's say just in general, you're not the best public speaker, period. Now you add on top of the fact that somebody that you deeply cared about is dead. Mm-hmm. I can agree with the that. Tra- the, 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 the weight of like how they died. And then you're in front of 21,000 people. You're upset. And then, you know, we it's human nature to think about what that person meant to you and how it affects you. So sometimes when you're talking, when people go up to talk, it does sound like they're talking more about themselves when it's like, especially if it's like not their like immediate family in front of them. So sometimes it, sometimes it can kind of translate funny or like off putting because it's like, yeah, you're suffering, but like these people are suffering more arguably. Got you. Um, so... But like I still thought it was a a magnificent celebration of life. Oh no, nah, it was and it was really Yeah, and I'm gonna get choked up again. But um Lauren London. Oh my god. Like the and I, I didn't get, I saw a little clip of his mom too. Like the women, the poise and grace. And maybe because I'm thinking about my own stuff with my dad but like to be that strong in front of that many people when somebody is like when somebody's ripped away from you as opposed to like they they got sick or they were old or something like that you know it's really hard and you know and I think about myself when I was at my dad's funeral I was just like sobbing through what I had written because you know he was kind of torn away from me, but not like that. But he was, you know, he wasn't 33, you know. I wasn't two. And I think that's the other thing that gets me and gets me emotional is our daughter is the same age as his son. And and I, you know, it's funny. It's like, I don't know why I get so upset, but that part I think is why. Because it terrifies me at, at the thought of like, you know, a child not knowing their parent who adored them. You know what I mean? And like, because they just did too little, they don't remember. Mm-hmm. And so that, that part breaks my heart for her because now like, yes, his memory, he, he, he's alive and everybody and everything like that. But it's, it's still not the same as being there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Forgive me, y'all, for getting so choked up, but. Choke was... your shit. It's okay. <laughs> it's our podcast. It is. And, you know, and it does. It, and I'll say this, too. It still does feel a little, like, off-putting to, Let like. get you uh, something, uh, Okay. Wipe your tears. Continue talking. I'll continue talking. So, it does. And for y'all who listen, like, it does feel a little off-putting to be. As emotional as I even am in this moment, for someone I <laughs> oh thank you he gave me a kiss y'all, so 
to be this emotional about somebody who obviously didn't know personally, didn't really know, quite honestly, main things I knew about him. His name was MC Hustle. I always, I, I do remember always thinking that was a really cool ass rap name, because like Nipsey Russell, Nipsey Hustle, and then Nipsey Russell. Nipsey Russell is the actor. Like that's where he's that's his play off of it. Is it really? Yes. Oh, I've never heard of Nipsey Russell. <laughs> oh bless your heart, because you, you ain't never seen the Wiz, nigga. That's why. All right. Anyway, go ahead. So anyway, so, so and I I knew him because he was Lauren London's man. Quite honestly, like that was my understanding of him. So. It still feels like, you know, and I'm being really vulnerable with you and with well, with y'all listening because it's still like, I still kind of have that like mild embarrassment. Like, how can you get that upset about somebody you didn't know? But it's just, I think like, it shows like, there's, and I think that's the thing, like the impact that he had because people's humanity trumped their direct connection to him, if that makes sense, you know, because like, he wasn't a perfect man, but he he did a lot with his time, and it was very inspirational. And like I didn't know any of the shit that he was doing outside of uh, with with what he was doing in California and Crenshaw and stuff like that until he passed. Mm-hmm. I just knew that like you kind of liked him or had listened to him before. I knew Eric banged with him. I knew, and that was it. Like I mm-hmm. you know he was not on my radar like that. But saying that all to say, I think my, I think my. Uh, it it brought up a lot of my like feelings about like major loss like with my dad and then also to like as a wife and a mom so forgive me y'all i'm getting myself together i'll blow my nose excuse me and then we will continue i promise yeah. no more tears but i just thought that was um that's really loud i'm sorry i just thought it was a great it showed how important he was to so many different people. Uh-huh. He motivated so many different people. And, and you know, I, as I was driving home, I was thinking, like, if he would have died from, like, he drowned or, like, natural. Or like an accident, yeah. You know what I mean? I think people, it would have been different. But for him to be murdered and everything he was doing, like, he was one of the ones that shouldn't have been taken. You know, I mean, again, you never question God is is what they say. Um, So, you know, maybe we can learn from it, you know. Um, It is about taking what someone's done and and trying to implement it in your own life. For for what he did in 33 years and and all the the recognition he's getting, he's getting Slauson and... um, Crenshaw. And Crenshaw Boulevard is being changed. Square. Like... He's he's been added to the the congressional record. So his uh, his um so his work, efforts yeah. his works have been added to the U.S. So there be basically that means it's just like it's been recognized by the U.S. government. And we're talking about an African American from the hood who didn't have a lot and, and found a way. The so, son of an immigrant. Know, yeah, son of an immigrant. So you know, I think I think his death is like as tragic as it is. It's like. You can learn so much. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think the story of Nipsey will forever go. So, um. I definitely I agree, and like, I think that it's it's up to each and every one of us to, you know, recognize him as a person who 
did a lot, you know, did a lot of good. Hat, of course, everyone is flawed, but to focus on the positive things that he did and the way in which he went about doing it, especially in our own communities, and and go for, and then go from there and like like pa- like basically like yeah, pass the torch and you know. But he also kind of showed us that it's it's okay to do things that isn't normal. It's okay to, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Love your woman in public. I mean, again, I get the na- I started taking, I mean, I took the name Mr. New Cool from Jay Hill. From Jay Hill, who's when when we interviewed him, he talked about the new cool being things that should already be cool. Yeah. And you know, trying to make it so that way. So like being married is cool. Yeah. Even though it may not be in the hood. Yeah. In, in reality, it's truly cool. Being a father is cool. Mm-hmm. So, hence the new cool. And and Nipsey Hussle, he was, to me, the epitome of the new cool. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he literally talked about you know, uplifting being, his community. Yeah, uplifting your community, being your own boss, not giving up. Like, what is it? Like, never fold. Like, and like, the whole, and like, you know, and I think of course, hindsight being twenty twenty, um, the 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 verbiage that he used like about marathons and victory laps and stuff like that, and the the reading that he did. I mean, honestly, it's kind of like he was preparing us for this. As, as crazy as it may sound, a lot of people feel that way because he because he kind of said like you don't own anybody. I can't remember the speech. Like you you don't you you don't possess people. You experience them. Yeah. That's so enlightening, like, the idea that, that, like, it's so deep, knowledgeable, like, I would have never thought about that. But I just, I'm glad I got to experience Nipsey the way that I did. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I hope that some, I hope that that inspires others to kind of give back. Because he could have been like other rappers who get all the money and leave and never come back or you know don't put nothing back into the community yeah one way or the other yeah so you know the fact that he was thinking about stem programs and ownership ownership and, and, and everything else I, I think that's definitely there's not too many of, of them out there so yeah it's 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 not but you know and but then we need to you know continue to support and uplift and try to embody those people who are out there like that so and ultimately you know as as people we just have to start loving each other more it's it's okay to be nice to people it's okay to say hello it's okay to just just be better people take cost you nothing it costs you nothing to be nice and even if somebody's rude to you some like you know we don't have to always be be an ego. It doesn't have to always be like he disrespected me. Like, I think, I think we need to learn how to be more comfortable with with ourselves, mm-hmm. and 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 not worry about the peer pressures of what others may say or think if they if they're around. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times people do things based off of the peer pressure. Yeah. What what do people think? Of me, or what, or what, or what would people think if they heard this story? Yeah. So that's it for my elevator. Well, I appreciate that, and you know, I'm gonna 
chalk up my emotions to being a uh, true and through uh, cancer because, you know, I'm sensitive about my shit. It's cool. But thank you for bearing with me. nothing wrong with crying. It's not, but it's still. But if I died untimely, right? Uh Uh-huh. I need you to make sure that, you know, let people talk about me. Oh. Well, oh, like, oh, like our wedding where you just wanted people to talk on and on and on. Yeah, you know, the whole I, funeral could be just like uh, uh, remembrances. I like stories. I actually love stories. I can sit back and talk uh, and hear like stories all day. So I just, you know, you're gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of lovable asshole stories. I don't really think I'm an asshole, but you know. <laughs> okay. That's crazy to me. It's. Anyway. All right. Well, now that we have moved, finished up with that, are you ready for your relationship tip of the week? I am. So, I'm going to go first only because it's, it's, I think it'll be a nice way to uh, tie a bow up on this whole, our, our Nipsey tribute here. Um, my tip of the week is inspired by them, which is celebrate your partner. You know, it's crazy. What? Because my tip is kind of like that. <laughs> so is it a tie? I mean, I, I win So anyway, so. What the hell you do? I, I always win. So mine was give thanks <laughs> instead of complaining. And I think I, and I, I, what I was going to say about celebrating your partner is like I know that sometimes I, I don't always do that. And then sometimes I don't always feel celebrated. So I'm like, that's something I need to like actively work on because. And my thing was that I, you can do something and I'll critique it or complain mm-hmm. as opposed to just being thankful that it happened. I I agree. And I thank you for recognizing that and verbalizing it. I agree with you. I thank you for the same words you said. <laughs> I can't stand you out. So, are we going to say this is a tie? Yeah, hell yeah, it's a tie. You don't win. I mean, I just think because of my averages. So, like, if we were in the playoffs. We're not, had no, to no, do no. You're not going to try and troll me no, about, with no, sports I'm references not. like you did last week. I'm not. It's not trolling. I'm just saying, like, if it was like a seeding and it was like we played against each other four times, but I beat you more times, then I get the, the higher seeding. No. Because our, our listeners pick me more often than they pick they you. Because I'd be right. And I'd be. And I'm, I, don't, I don't know about all that. Because I'm right. And like I'm good with words. You're great with words. And I make sense. And. You're going to say I don't make sense? I have the better advice. Anyway, you're so, not going to downplay me. It's a tie. I'm gonna, but I'm gonna, it's the gonna, first tie. I'm going to celebrate the tie. All right. Okay. Um, so since we've ended in a tie, uh, um, and we no need for a tiebreaker. We're going to move right along into TJ's word of the week. So my word of the week is going to be sagacity. Oh. And sagacity is the trait of solid judgment and intelligent choices. Um, So Mm -hmm. it says, if you are wise and prone to evaluating information before making a decision, you possess sagacity. So it's like being sage. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So. What an excellent word. 
Nipsey had sagacity. sagacity. So. I could I could support that definitely. So with that, y'all, we're gonna take a break. You're gonna hear a message from our sponsors, and then we're gonna get on to a lover letter. Alrighty. Hey friend, it's time for you to ditch those workout gloves and get the grip and wrist support you deserve. What do you suggest? You need to get the Gaines Load and Lock Grips by Gaines Sports Gear. They are more durable than gloves, have a non-slip grip pad that provides grip support and added wrist support unlike your traditional workout gloves and will protect your hands from calluses. Do they come in different colors? Not only do they come in different colors, but they are available for men and women. Do yourself a favor, go to gainsportsgear.com. And remember, a better grip equals a better lift. Embrace the process. Listen, summer is upon us, and it's time for you to embrace your process by getting yourself some new workout gear at gainsportsgear.com. That's gains with a Z, G-A-I-N-Z, sportsgear.com. Mm. And you can use our code LOVERS10 to get 10% off your first order. And now, back to the episode. Mm-hmm. And now we're back. Alrighty. And it is time for our... Listener letter or lover letter, if it's up to you, right? I just want to be of the people. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to read this and then we're going to have it out. So let's see. Hey, Danny and TJ. So there has been a rise on the perception of men, especially black men. They are framing it as, quote unquote, toxic masculinity. So my question for you all is, would drugging and robbing or falsely accusing men of acts, I'm assuming those are like like sexual assault acts, or running straight to the courts for child support, is that considered toxic femininity? If that's not considered toxic femininity, then what is? Yet again with another loaded question. Do you yeah. want to? Do you want to start, or do you want? Me to? So, what's toxic max- masculinity? So, toxic masculinity to me is about like behaviors that men display in order to control or dominate. Like, so we know that as a society, we have traits that are assigned as to- as excuse me as masculine and assigned as feminine. But toxic masculinity is when those traits are ones where like the man has to be like aggressive or he has it's like about a power di- a power dynamic and it's like and it it hurts or it harms other people so like like women like Examples. LGBTQ people so to me it's like okay toxic masculinity is you know the you know, alpha man, I got to, you know, beat my chest, you know, caveman mentality. Like, oh, there's a, a man in my presence who is effeminate. So I have to, you know, make disrespect it a point them. to disrespect them or put my hands on them or, or prove my, approve my, my, my masculinity because I don't want anyone to think I'm gay just because I'm in the presence or I'm around somebody who's gay. So that's, that's toxic. To- that's toxic masculinity. Okay. So that's, it's, I, I feel so like that's a decent explanation. they're asking is... So is drugging and robbing or falsely accusing men of 
acts, which Danny thinks is sexual acts, considered toxic femininity? Uh, my answer to that is no, because I don't think toxic femininity is a thing. I think the things that are in this question, like drugging men and sleeping with them after you sleep with them and to rob them and, you know, falsely accusing a man of a assault or using the legal system to gain favor or gain financial gain off of the backs, excuse me, of your children. Like if you don't have any plans on using that money for your children, all those things are absolutely positively wrong. But I don't think that they equate to toxic femininity. I feel like that's a false equivalency. Like I think that's like that's something that people are trying to like people try to say or men try to say certain some men try to say is a thing because oh well if there's toxic masculinity why can't there be toxic femininity? And for me, so kind of like if someone says, um. If something is all black, if some like pretty much like if someone said something was all white, that's racist. But if someone says something's all black, it's okay. Kind of like that. Um, I think it's saying like s- similar because like like I don't think most black people don't try to they don't try to like exclude others, but as a as more so as they try to make an inclusive place for people that look like them like we always have to create spaces for ourselves when you're a marginalized group black people are a marginalized group women are a marginalized group so we if we create a space for ourselves to feel safe that doesn't mean that it's toxic to men because you guys aren't included in that it just means that we need our own space the world is built around catering to men over women in most ways and like that's the that's the history of the world and so i don't think toxic femininity is a thing because it's it's kind of like that power dynamic situation right so i you know i learned i guess when i was in college but like black people or persons of color not can't necessarily be racist. They can be prejudiced towards other people. They can, they can, you know, they can exert their prejudice and, uh, oh my God, stereotypes against another group of people all the time. But to be racist means that you have some type of like, there's some type of institutional power or, you know, domination that exists where you can like systemically uh, oppress another group of people. Similar to me, similarly between men and women, Men have, and men as a whole, as a, as a sex or gender, have had have created where they can systemically and, and institutionally oppress other marginalized groups like women, like LGBTQ communities. So, no, like, and so, and like, toxic femininity is the. It's a, it's a false equivalency. Like it just it doesn't because there's one doesn't mean it has to be the other. The stuff in this this letter are all things that women in this world have done, which are absolutely wrong. I think some of it it's is toxic. I'm not. It's gonna toxic, say it's but I don't think femininity. it's a toxic femininity. Uh, yeah. Listen, I don't know gender, whatever. I think using your children, like doing child support, because you can. Is toxic, so I don't know if that's considered toxic femininity. I think it could be considered. Because, I mean, a, an abuse of the legal system. Yes, absolutely. But 
But I, you can't call it toxic femininity. But actually, so I'm questioning that. I'm questioning at least on that one because if someone uses that, that that can oppress their partner. Like there's so many partners who like lives are ruined because of child support. And granted, there are a lot of men who deserve it, uh-huh. but there's also a lot of men who don't deserve it. And people are using it as a pawn because because I can, I'm gonna use it. Like, so I think that I think you kind of answered your own question, which is like it's not systemic. It's not it's, it's it's not it's not the prevailing norm. Like I would go so far as to say that it's not even fifty fifty in like the legal system of child support cases. I think that there's definitely a population of women who take advantage and you know because the courts tend to, to tend so to it's more so about percentages it's more yeah, about yeah it has and, to be like an ha- overwhelming amount yeah, and it has to be and it has to be that the system was set up to to benefit women where for all intents and purposes the system was set up to benefit the well-being of the child whoever the primary provider is or the child is this that is is the the one who should be receiving the financial support from the, the non-custodial parent but typically women are the custodial parent People, because yeah and so but at the they same change that though they should they should do it that the child support has to go towards like like for like kind of like hsa or fsa like for you to use it it has to be used for the child so like mm-hmm. when you go to use it in the store these are the items like like wick sure okay. yeah so I like that. I mean, I think that they're they're they're. I mean, I'm sure there's an argument out there for why you sh- you shouldn't, but like I think that there's I can I can respect having some type of like if it's for the child justification like having short, some type of like if it's for the having child, receipts if it's for the child that needs to go to the child yeah that's just that's just my thing so it shouldn't have to go towards your rent. Because although the child lives there, you should be providing the rent regardless. Well, that's a, see, but that's a slippery slope. Because let's say in the case that you and I, uh, you and I, you, me and you divorced. Me, no, let's let me let's not even say me and you because we're both like gainfully employed. But let's say Jim and Pam are they get married, right? They meet, they get married. Jim tells Pam, "I don't want you, I, I want you to start we want to start our family. I want you to stay home." That's Listen, different. But that's Okay, but you're using but, I, I'm no. But, but let me finish. You're using a situation that I feel like doesn't happen. It happens all the time. Okay. It happens all the time. I don't know not in a black culture. No, it happens it happens across it, it happens across colors, I don't know a lot of races okay well this is just my opinion I don't okay. know a lot of black people who's like you stay home I, I want to stay at home wife well this is so this is where we get back to the institutional stuff right so let me let me kind of walk follow me stay with me okay I'm trying to all right so Jim and Pam get married. He says, I want you to st- stop working. See, right there. Jim and Pam. Some white names. Well, because I'm thinking about the office for whatever reason. Anyway. So, they... You they, proved my point right there, but Shut up. They get married. He, they start a family. He says, like, you know, stay home with the kids or whatnot. Then they get divorced. Yeah. Right? So, now, she's been home, a stay-at-home mother for, let's say, seven years. So, 
even if she were to re-enter the work, she'll get alimony. Even if she were to re-enter she'll the world workforce, she's not going to be making as much as she would have been because she's lost seven years of experience, of opportunities, and of, of potential for advancement. That's cool. Because, I, l- but let me finish. I understand that, but if they were married and she wasn't working and he was the breadwinner, she'll get alimony. So again, if she's getting alimony, doesn't depend on the state. Huh? Doesn't that depend on state to state? Most states they're gonna get alimony, and we can we can Google that. But typically, if you're married, you get alimony. Whoever the breadwinner is, because the whole idea is like when you're breaking up, when they divorce, it's it's about making you whole, like making you fair. So, so if that does happen, so if you don't get alimony and then you get child support. And that child support is is needed. Then that that's a one off situation. But what if they get alimony? Well, then they that's get alimony story, and they every, get child support. Okay, but then okay. So then let's take marriage out of the equation because then you got a whole bunch of people who have people on child support who were never married, so their alimony is out of the question. Okay, but but those people aren't stayed at home. They they weren't staying at home. They were working already. Who said that they weren't? Just because you're not married doesn't mean that you aren't a staying at home parent. All right, so take the same situation I gave and take that take out the equation that they got married. They got together. They were in a long term relationship. She stayed home to Mitch raise the kids. Mitch and Samantha are in a relationship. They live in two separate places. They got their own. They have their own apartments. Mm-hmm. They have a baby. They move right? in together. They move in together. Okay. They break up. Okay. So now she needs child support to help pay for her to live somewhere when she was living somewhere previously. Well, it depends on is she working. If she's had, a, does she have a job this whole time? Yes. Okay, then she may not need to use the money for that. But you brought up. You but you. I brought up. You brought up. I brought people, up that. That, that that should not be used for the rent, and I'm saying that there's there are situations where, if if there there are it's all it, that's why it's case by case. Oh no! So in that so and so, so I'm bringing on up a the one-off case, situation. I'm I agree the, with you. Okay then. With a one-off situation, sure, why not? But again, you said married, and typically if if the if the husband said stay at home, most of the time she's gonna that person's gonna get alimony. Most, most of, the, of the time. Most of the time. But everything's a case-by-case basis. And that's why I said, okay. like, you can't... Which comes back to my point that it, it can't be considered toxic femininity because it's not it's not a prevailing... Uh, it's not institutionalized. It's not... It hasn't been... It hasn't been embedded in the rules because, really, it's supposed to be a case-by-case basis. Some people are married and they get divorced. Some people are working. Sometimes the mother's the breadwinner. Bread yeah, sometimes but, the father's the breadwinner. Sometimes, but the systematic part comes... These judges see these see, see the same scenarios, so they're not treating it as a case by case basis. They're treating it as, do you have your paperwork? This is a situation. All right. Well, we're ruling it in the favor of the woman. Uh huh. So to me, that's systematically an an issue, because sometimes the mother may not be fit, but because she's the mother, she gets the rights. And I said that I said that the, that historically, yes, the the courts have side have tend to side with that of, of with the with the mother, but that's because we are we we are born into a society where the mother is typically the the caretaker. Yeah, but so it's the, that's the so it's so it's, it's, so so you systematically your, your social that's the social part of it. So we're systematically being taught that the mother is always going to take care of the child. 
So give the so, so give the, the child to the mother. We're not saying what is what is the situation? Okay, both parents are, are doing well. Okay, this parent, the father, is able to pay all his bills and do everything, and, and the mother can't. Uh huh. So. You know, the father is actually more of the perfect fit. But systematically, the mother takes care of the child. So we're going to side with the mother. So, so that's a systematic issue. So toxic femininity. It's not toxic femininity. It's still, it's a, I said that in the beginning. It's, I'm not saying it's right. And I'm saying, I'm, okay. I'm not saying it's not flawed, but I'm saying those that toxic femininity, it still has, it's still not. Inst- it's still not institutionalized. I'm not saying that systems aren't flawed, but it's not in the same way. Like toxic masculinity has to do with like showing like aggression that can be harmful. Excuse me. <clears throat> and um, and it's about limiting others, like limiting women because they're not they're not considered to be equal. The 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 child support scenario that was included in this letter is wrong it should not you should not be able to use your children as pawns in order to curry favor with the courts to get more money out of your ex but it happens but just and it happens a lot okay but it, but it, it also happens a lot that some of these niggas ain't doing nothing I, and i'm listen, not saying nigga, no not even saying just fathers there's out fathers out here who are not those, doing anything and, and they do need the to pay scum of of the fucking earth. But until you have those you- people are the scum of the earth. Anybody who so- has a child and 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 are not in their children's life because they don't want to deal with the baby mother or whatever is a piece of shit. Okay. So, but how do we? So, but like, I feel like you're you're speaking to it like I'm speaking to it as m- more men as are getting people, like the shaft versus as people than men who are not as people we have doing to, their job. We have to do a better job. Of using the system when it needs to be used. Mm-hmm. If there's a father who's wants to who wants to be in his child's life, his or her child life. Did I say that right? Yeah. If they want to be in their children's life, but the mother's upset because this the father's moved on and they want to be able to be like, well, I want this. I want this money just because. I want this, mm-hmm. or, or or their girlfriends is like, girl, take them to court, put them on, put them on papers. Uh-huh. That's bullshit to me. And it's bullshit. It's equally bullshit, like you said, that if a, if a woman is trying to work with her her child's father and he doesn't want to be consistent in turning money, she's trying to avo- avoid go, taking and making and putting him quote unquote on papers and stuff like that because he's doing the best that he can. But what's the consistency? And, is the consistency saying you got to give me money or or the consistency, listen, this is this is the bill. You need to pay this bill. This bill is your responsibility. It's whatever they agree on. If they agree that it, it's whatever Whatever they agree on. Yeah. How but many they, times but, but if they, do they if that agree person, though? But if that person doesn't, so okay, let's let's put it into context because you and I can only speak to our observations of what we see in media and then also people that we know. We know uh, a, a pair of parents who co-parent fabulously. There's fucking amazing, amazingly. We know. Uh, we know p- people who I the mean, father the, the father is being bled dry because the mother is um, asking for uh, more and more money that and, and and abusing that money. We know 
people, uh, parents who the, even though the man, the father is a piece of shit, the mother still will not go to court because she does not want to, uh, go doesn't want to say go through the process or doesn't want to create a, a more drama for herself because he is that vindictive so you got three separate so just just off of that or just off of the people that you and i know you have three different scenarios of how people who produce children or a child that are no longer together handle their uh responsibilities with that child as it comes to custody and finances it's a it's, it's situational. It's situational, and I I so I'm not so, saying that it's so, not situational. So, and so even if it's a third and a third and a it third, it should be situational. It should but be, but it's if those three cases went in front of a judge, what do you think the percentage would be that they're gonna side with the woman? But I th- I think that it, well it, I think in the case of the person we know like the the ancient father. So let me say this in the, in the case of the the ancient father that we know of. That person, because they have more means and maybe influence, they might end up with more uh, uh, leeway or more have the, in the court side with them because. So you really think that the court is is, is going like we know that the court said, is impartial. I said I said no, it's not. You're saying it's not impartial because what do you mean impartial means that you don't have bias. See, there, there partial you go. You're is, right. Partial means that you have a preference. That's why I married you. Shut up. They are partial. So I, but we, I said that there is. So mystery. that's a systematic issue right there. But that's still not toxic femininity, and it's still but because it, it still stems from the narrative that women are supposed to be the caretakers and the providers. Men are supposed to go out and hunt, and women are supposed to come. They're supposed to bring it home, and a woman is supposed to cook it and feed it to the kids. The point is, though, is that like I never said that it wasn't. I never said that it wasn't wrong. I said though, it's not toxic femininity and until you and i can pull up some like facts or something like that you're not going to convince me that it's like a 50 50 split like half of the men they're brought to court for child support are being you know raked over the coals and then the other half are like ancient dads who deserve to be there because it's i think that it, it is a flawed system and people get shitted on but it does not equate to toxic femininity and dare I say, I don't think it's as many men getting shitted on and raked over the coals in that situation. You don't think so? I don't. Okay. So you think there's more ain't shit men? That's I think, what you think. But, but the thing about it, though, is that it's... I that's don't, where the... To- so I, that's, I don't even think those are that's, the two... That's where the toxic even... masculinity comes. Like, the... I guess with this, the picture is... Men ain't shit, or men ain't gonna be shit, or men aren't gonna be fathers. So, well, I think there's another category. I think there's another category in this dynamic or this part of this conversation that we haven't even brought up, which are the men who are placed on child support or who even request to be put on child support in order to have a finite amount of money that they know that they have to give. And they do it because it's like, I made the child this person, this person needs it to be support. Like there are instances where it there works, are. where the parent, the, the non-custodial parent pays child support and the custodial parent receives it. And the, every single cent of that money goes to the needs of the child, whatever that may be. So there, there's so, instances of all of these. Do you these. think that, do you think, 
that it's that that they highlight more of the negative that men do. Yeah, but that's but and and, and I'm not saying that that's right either. But I I think that is that the the association that a lot of people put to in our in society or in in our in culture that child support is is a I'm, is a negative. I mean, yes, it is because most of the the stories of people who who, who had it put on them feel like they shouldn't have been. They shouldn't ha- have had it put on. But the narrative can change. If your friend ain't shit and you know he ain't shit and he complains about it, you need to be like, shut up, nigga. You don't take care of your kids. Like, And that's the thing. Like you, And, and I think... And, and so that- I'll say that. But I, I hate that we all get generalized. I hate that because there's a few bad apples that the world thinks that there's... There's more bad apples than what it may really be. I I agree, and but and that's but and but that's because and that's no the, one in my circle that I can think of are just trash as individuals. But you are who you attract. You you attract who you are. Yeah, but I'm just saying when the narrative comes out that men are are, are toxic. It's not that men are toxic. It's just there's toxic masculinity. Yeah. All men are not do but not display I never toxic hear, masculinity. I never hear a narrative that some men are have toxic masculinity. I never hear the narrative of the positive of the male. I think that I think, and that, I'm not gonna say never. I take that back. I I, I rarely hear the positive mm-hmm. of the male. I think I hear more of the of the negative, and you know we have to apologize for other trash ass males for what they've done and what men have done historically. Well, I, what I'll say is this: is that that's I mean it sucks, but that's kind of the same issues that we experience as people of color that we experience. I experience as a woman that like anytime you are part of a community. And it's it's not fair to be kind of looked at as like a monolith, like as a representation of all your sex or all your race or whatever. Like you sh- you're not the representative for all things male, all things black. All that's not right, but it's a reality. You're right. It is a reality, but and, it's unfair reality. And and you know I'm glad we're having a conversation. I'm a black male, so automatically people are going to assume that as a black male that I'm either a drug dealer or. Or a gangbanger, or, or 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 that I don't take care of my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a fair. It's not. You don't know me. It's not. I, because of the thought of the black male, I can get shot for being in the wrong neighborhood. I could be shot visiting my friend, but because I look like somebody, or because the cops are afraid of me. So that's my thing. Like, I think it's unfair when it's like. I have to take on the burden of of what other men have done. That's true, and I think that. But I think y'all. I think that's just a. And that's a. I'm not gonna say like a taste, but it's like it's a it's a it's a similar situation to how women and or and specifically black women have to bear the burdens and and the and the stereotypes and the associates that we have too. We. It, it happens to every group. And so, and it's not fair, but it's a reality that we have to do and we have to combat it. Toxic masculinity is a, is a, a, 
a, not a new term, but a term that's been more used more prevalently in, in recent years. But I think, too, because it's being called out more for what it is, because people are saying that shit ain't OK. And it, because that's the only way that you can change the narrative. So you can call out trash ass mothers who are trying to profit off the system whatever so in cool. order to change it in order to change the narrative but it's just so let's have the narrative but then toxic masculinity but let's also have the narrative of the positive that people do I, absolutely but i'm I, not saying say to that. you no, no, I, I i'm not saying it to you i'm just saying in general it's just like life you know what i mean there's gonna be some good shit gonna be some bad shit and everybody remembers the negative yeah you're right but Let's push forward of, of, of the negatives are there, but let's look at the positives. And I'll say, and I mean, you may disagree or you may not agree, whatever, because of the, the crux of our conversation. But like, quite honestly, like when it comes, especially when it comes to black men, nobody is championing, championing, championing y'all can't talk right now more than black women. Like as a collective, as a whole, black women celebrate black men. And, and but some black women feel like they're not oh it's not always reciprocated but i'm not even gonna get into that part right now but what yeah, i'm saying I mean, is I, like, I think that's another argument that's another for... argument but i'm telling you like like because when when y'all are killed unfairly when you are when when you are demonized and everything like that is there are black women who step up to the front and say no not him no he is more than just what you see and what he looks like or his size or anything else like that. And so it's just about, it's about, like you said, though, it's about highlighting the positives in every group and socioeconomic status and race and ge and gender and, and sexuality because there are trash-ass people in uh, that fall into every category, but they do not represent the whole. But there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen with toxic masculinity for a lot of men because not and not because and i'm not saying that people they get it honestly but like it's something that's passed down so therefore it, it takes a lot to unlearn something that you thought was always supposed to be normal but like toxic masculinity is like something that needs to be unlearned as toxic masculinity is you're a woman is walking down the street and a man cat calls her and she ignores him or she says no thank you and now it's like well then fuck you bitch i don't like your fucking stupid ass anyway i should knock you in your fucking head any combination of that because that's a reality that's toxic masculinity i you saw me you were attracted to me you or whatever to a woman what why are you looking at me like that i'm just i'm waiting i'm waiting to hear where you were going and because i did not reciprocate those feelings Oh, you nah. mean you mean the cat calling? Yeah, the cat calling. You talking about me personally? No, no, I'm oh, talking okay. about in general. I like, thought you was going back to when. Oh, when we first met? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I just had to make sure because no. you came at me first. But well, go ahead. He's so full of shit. Finish it. Uh, so, you a man cat calls a woman. She doesn't want. She doesn't respond in the way he likes, and now he's verbally assaulting her. That's toxic masculinity. This gone so far as some people have like accosted women. In, because they haven't responded, grabbing them, touching them, stuff like that. That's toxic masculinity. The the, the homophobia, that's steeped in toxic masculinity. That's the stuff that has to be changed because and and the reason why it and, and the reason why it is what it is because it has to do with the power dynamic. Biology does show that most 
in general, men are arguably stronger, physically stronger than women. So there's that control that you can, that men can have over women simply because of biology. And that's, and that is why it can be, that, that domination can be imposed upon them if they don't get their way. And that's, but that talks, that, those types of things, and that's just a few like examples that popped into my head have to be combated and have to be because those things are truly like clear-cut examples of toxic masculinity but just because to answer this listener's question yeah i was, I was gonna ask you just and answer it, the questions which i did no i mean just one last time like a quick oh toxic masculinity. is it considered toxic femininity no okay what is considered toxic femininity it's not a thing so i love her she doesn't love you. She called you a listener. Shut up. I call but, everybody listeners. Um, thanks for the question. You know, we, we were able to kind of go back on it and, you know, learn some things. And, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't really something I would have talked about. But got to be different. Got to be open to learning and talking about things. So Absolutely. we appreciate you, lover. Thank you for that question. And now. We've reached. And now. Although we've come to the end of the road. That took you way too long to get there. <laughs> we are at our quarrel. Go ahead. I know I've done a lot of talking. I'm a little parched. No. Yeah, you sound parched. You know, well, you I did. I, I, I talked a lot. And I let out a lot of, like, liquid today. I am a little dehydrated. You did shed some, some tears today. Yeah, and they weren't even thug tears. They were Not just like real that. tears. But can be thug tears. I'm a thug. See, that's that's when you lose it. You know what I mean? So, um... So, we are going to discuss... I felt like we should talk about the Dwayne Wade son situation. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it started, what, a few weeks ago? When his son... Was in a did fashion a show. fashion show. Yes. And it, that's when it kind of sparked the conversation. Yeah. And then probably last week, they did Miami Pride. Mm-hmm. And the son was happy, out and about, living his best life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then D-Wade final game... Was on the tenth, which was also my alpha versary. Shout out to my LBs, Springton SPX. Um, <laughs> Happy alpha versary. Uh, so he was there, and they took a picture, and I seen people saying like they didn't realize that it was a boy because because he looked like a girl, mm-hmm. and you know it kind of. I've heard people talk about it. We talked about it. People were talking about it at work, and like. They feel like he's too young to know that he's gay and he's too young to do it. And then, you know, people are saying that it's it's what we're being exposed to on the television and stuff like that. So I felt like we should kind of I mean, it's not going to be a really a real quarrel in the sense that me and you are going at each other because me and you kind of have the same. Maybe maybe it's us going against the people who maybe disagree with us. Probably. Okay. But I just figured we can kind of, you know, talk about it. Because, you know, I'm a big believer that, and and this is just from, like, 
growing up in New York and, you know, I remember reading books before the internet and, you know, they talked about like homosexuality and Mm -hmm. how it's something that is people are born gay. Mm -hmm. It's not something that they choose. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people out there who, who choose and they experiment, but the majority, like if I had to bet my life, I would say that someone who's identified as gay didn't choose it like it's something that they were born but yes you know i just wanted to kind of have that conversation with you and you know Mm -hmm. do you think that they are showing too much as they would say gay stuff on television and nope stuff like that Nope, I don't think we have enough representation of people who are part of the LGBTQ community on on our media platforms um, because that's why representation matters. It, if you see people who look like you, who identify as gay, straight, trans, bi, queer, intersex in your daily consumption of, of media then it normalizes it and if things get normalized that means that then you don't become a target you're not looked at as you look you're less you're less likely to be looked at as an other or something like that it's you know it's not a shock to your system so hell no i don't think that the the exposure or whatever has anything to do with like how kids are because kids see you know movie they, they watch cartoons all the time and yet they're not sitting there trying to drop an anvil on somebody's head um the next chance that they get so they can miss me with the bullshit with that then music or music you know there are some people like i know i've heard of people who've heard you know gangster music thought they were gangster Mm -hmm. but you know like i used to listen to you know profanity lace music as a a young kid Mm -hmm. but i never you know i mean I knew that this shit wasn't real. Like, you know, I I knew that me listening to, like, music with explicit music, like, w- with explicit lyrics didn't mean that I can now curse at, at my parents. Or, yeah. You know, I knew, like, I didn't listen to music and be like, they're talking about having sex, so I got to have sex. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, I think it kind of comes back to, like, training, not training, but... Raising your children yeah. to know right is right, wrong is wrong, and stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, I applaud what D Wade and them are doing. Absolutely. And I, you know, if my child came to me and said it, said it, said it that they were gay, I'm gonna take them serious. Absolutely. You know. We can definitely go speak with a psychologist or whatever, just so we can make sure that this is truly how you feel and everything else. But I'm never gonna be like. Well, know. I mean, I would, I would only, I would suggest therapy only to like maybe learn how to like cope with the world out there that doesn't, yeah, but, that doesn't, may not accept them or accept that person. That's well, a psychologist, but yeah. I think therapy would be needed, and I'm not saying to like try to change your mind. No, I'm not saying that you change your mind, say, but you said to like like make sure they're sure. But I feel like like to confirm, like to make sure that we understand what's going on with them, because again, it, it'll be something new to me. It'll be like if my child had 
had a disability, I would I would probably find a specialist to just make sure that we understood what the disability was. Again, my wording may have been wrong, but mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I think that I think it would be a situation where it would be. It's, I think it's important to maybe even yeah, bring, sometimes bring in the experts because if it, if your family dynamic requires you might need some extra support in understanding this new reality. And then also making sure that your child has the support needed in order to face the ugly that's going to be thrown their way when they go out into this world, then abs- absolutely. But like people saying like, oh, he's 11. How does he even know he's gay? Like, why are y'all bringing him there? This, that, and the other. Well, when you were 11, did you know that you were straight? I'm pretty sure you did by that point. If you were paying, if, or if you were maybe a late bloomer and you weren't paying attention to boys or, and or girls at that point, at some point in time, it came, you came to the realization about who you were attracted to and then you proceeded as normal. But because being straight is the normalized, um, uh, sexual, sexual orientation, it goes without saying, like, that's the baseline. That's the standard. We're really, and, and honestly, sometimes I'm like, I don't even know about people choosing like all oh, the people who want to experiment and stuff like that because the older I've gotten and the more information I've received and learned, you know, the more I kind of side with like sexuality and, and sexual orientation is a is a spectrum. It's 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 fluid. People fall on different parts of the spectrum. Because and so going back, but then going back, but going back to Zion, he's a he's eleven, so he can't like I, I like somebody that said like. He can't know he's gay at 11, but we can talk about five-year-olds and having, like, little girlfriends and little boyfriends um, and, like, you know, giving Valentine's Day gifts and stuff in kindergarten because that, but that's okay. Like, you're, you're assuming, you're, 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 in, you're presuming that, you know, your child is straight and whatever, and then it's like, you know, oh, it's like a little cute little love fest and this and the other, but have it if it was two boys or two girls oh now it's problematic or now they're too young to know what they like or anything like that you know and by no means am i saying that anyone needs to impress upon their child a a sexual orientation or a preference but they damn sure shouldn't be telling or making their child feel like if you're not this way there's going to be a problem you know it, it pisses me off especially now that i'm a mother like there's no way on God's green earth that m- my child, my child is going to come out of the closet, is going to identify as trans, is going is, is not identify, but is going to be trans, is wh- whatever it is. There's no way that that my child is going to feel like they cannot be who they are when they're in the com- they're in the safety of my home or in my presence. There's enough hate and ugliness and bitterness and mo- and, and and animosity out in that world for them to deal with all the time. You're not getting that from here. I am always going to be home. I am always going to be this, your safe space. If you have no other safe space. Your safe space is with me because I had you and you're my child. Um, so the fact that Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are supporting their son in how he wants to express himself and they're taking him to pride and they're letting him do that stuff, that is showing that little black boy that he he is perfectly okay being who he is and that they are he is loved and accepted. And I think it's so dope and so important because obviously basketball, the NBA, can, is a you know arguably maybe the most tolerant of the professional sports leagues arguably but at the same time like there's still plenty of 
homophobia and toxic masculinity that runs rampant, especially through the sports world. But the fact that like his father is posting these pictures and showing his love and support of his son. I mean, his, his family brother, has little, his, his, his older brother. Somebody might see that. His stepmom. Yeah. Like, and somebody else might see that and be like, well, damn, if Dwayne Wade can accept his son, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, like, I respect yeah. Dwayne Wade because he does all of these great things, too. And so, like, it's, like, sometimes people need to see it and it needs to be modeled in order for you to understand, like, for people to understand, like, maybe it isn't a fucking big deal. And so... It shouldn't be. Yeah, it's not as big of a deal. I mean, listen, I'd rather my child be gay than be, like, a rapist, a murderer, uh, like... There's so much, so, so much other worse shit you can. Yeah, because there's nothing wrong with being be. gay. You know what I mean? No, but I'm just saying, so much. Yeah. Your child can be dying. Like, you know what I mean? So, I just think that as a society, we, we have to grow. We have to grow and, and you know, mind our business. Because, yeah, 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 the waves are posting it. But hey, that, that's not our household. Not. Especially for those who don't like it. Like, if you don't like it, but people po- posting nasty comments and homophobic comments, like, that's bullshit. Fuck them. That's a little chick. That's a little kid. I want to say a little child. But that's a little kid. It's like, a little boy. Absolutely. What's that, fifth grade? Yeah. You know? So. it's it, And it takes, and you know, and like my thing, and the thing about it too, it's. It's, and it's probably because he has the love and support of his family. It takes so much courage to be to live your truth, especially at such a young age. That is. But he's probably so happy. He is, but you know what? And it's I, I I would implore more families to be supportive of their children if they are LGBTQ or or anything because. If you if you start accepting and loving your child at home for who they are, they will be happier. And when pe- people are happier, they live productive, happy lives, and they don't end up lashing out or harboring rage and resentment, or okay. going or take start using drugs or suicide or just killing themselves or hurting or hurting other people or take um, being uh, taking sexual risks because they don't want to you know, acknowledge what they're doing so that you do have unprotected sex. And then it, and that's, and that a lot of that stems from not, them them not feeling safe enough with anyone or with the people who mattered most to them. And so. They have to mask who they, they are. They have to mask who they are. So. If I don't use a condom, then it, it didn't happen. Happened. Yeah. A condom is an acknowledgement that I'm doing, I'm participating in something. Like, the fact that, I mean, I don't know if it's changed or whatever, but, like, I, I remember growing up, I hearing, like, you know, they don't, like, give out condoms in jail because or in prison because then it's, like, oh, you're, like, promoting sex. Them, they fucking anyway. They fucking anyway, a lot of them. And so why not have it be safe? Because that way when they come home, if and when they come home, they're not passing anything on that they may have con- contracted in prison to whomever they're sleeping with after they get out of prison. But... Ultimately, in my book, that's parenting done right. And I aspire to be that way with Tatum and with any of the children. And I don't, it, has, it does not even have to do with anything about being like gay or straight or anything like that. It's, it's a, just about being a parent. It's about being supportive of your child and whatever quote unquote differences that they have or, or, gotta, or what if they don't have. You got to make sure you word that right because someone would be like, what if your child want to be a murderer? Are you going to support that? You know. And yeah, I get it. I'm but just that, saying, 
yeah. people people will take what you're saying and, and, and try to flip it. Well, I'm going to quote my father-in-law. Like, some of those people are fucking idiots. Yeah. So, like, oh. it's, it is... Yeah. It, it's it like that's that's what parenting is. You don't you don't pick your children. They don't pick their parents. And our responsibility is to raise you to be a decent human being, and to love you through the good times and the bad, and to be there for you. That's that's it. And that's all kids want anyway. Like kids, yeah, buying them nice shit and stuff like that. They want to be cool. happy. They just want to be happy, and like they're happy ninety nine point nine percent of the time. When they know that they feel like they're safe and they're loved and supported. But it starts at home. So, I mean, the fact that they're there is important. I don't know. Like, so again, I've heard that there's a lot of shows that show gay stuff happening. And I don't know what that is. I haven't come across it or cartoons or whatever. It's probably just more than what we, a generation has grown to see. Like, maybe more now than not. But for those people who are saying that, I feel like. TV, social, like all that stuff shouldn't be raising your your kids. They should be able to see that and not think nothing of it. But if your child is influenced by that, then you're not doing your job. I don't even think that the kids are truly influenced by no, that. I'm not. I'm not saying I know, that they I are. I know you're not I, saying that. What I'm, I'm saying. saying that for the people who who believe that, that it has an influence that that, that for, there's people out there who believe that Zion is gay because of what he sees. On social media. He saw or, two boys kissing. And he was like, oh, I'm signing up or, for that. Or TV. Mm-hmm. And what I'm trying to say is that if you believe that, if you believe that your child can be influenced by what they see, then your child, you're not raising a strong child. Mm-hmm. And you should be more worried about anything else because that means that they could anything be like, they, see. they could be like, join the gang. They're going to join the gang. They're going to be like, let's rob something. They're going to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think ultimately it's about raising your children, being present in their in their lives and in their upbringing, and not letting not letting the outside world raise your children, but also understanding that just because your child watches something or is exposed to something doesn't mean that they're automatically going to take up whatever it is that they've seen or heard think the media does absolutely have an influence but it's about making sure that your influence is stronger and that and and, and having those conversations in order to let them know that but as far as uh representation we need more representation we need more lgbtq people characters on tv we need more people of color we need more different religions we need more women we need like we just need more we need our our film and television and and social media and radio and whatever else we needed to be more reflective of the population of the world there's everybody in this on this planet is different and it's not just white people straight white people and so the more representation we have the more normalized things will become the less stigmatized things will become and people will kind of get over themselves and get over whatever it is that they think is wrong with people's sexuality or people's race or with women or with Muslims because it, it it stems back to fear and then 
a lack of exposure. When you don't, when you're not exposed to people's differences, you grow fearful of them. And then when you're fearful of them, you learn, you start to hate them because they're different or you don't understand it and you don't want to take the time to understand it. And then that's when you start to like demonize people because of their differences. And that's not okay. But the way that you combat that is by putting people's differences on the front, on center stage all the time. Because if I see it all the time, I start to understand it and it just becomes a non-issue. It just, it is what it is. So, shout out to Gabby and Dwayne. So, if that's the case, they need to normalize black people. Shows being successful so, so people can... Yeah, can, and we, I mean, we have that. Being, we have that, but we it's not where it needs to be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, based off of your words, they need to, to give us more stuff so people can see us, like, winning mm-hmm. more outside of, like, basketball or, or sports. Yeah, that's and why Blackish is so dope. Yeah, but I mean, so we have blackish and grownish, but we don't have. It's not like a for every blackish and grownish, there's probably ten other shows out there. There's still yeah, there's still. That's more. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 we are miles away from wherever the goal is, yeah. but it's it's why but that's why shows like those are so important ultimately, because every chance we get ultimately, to be, ultimately we got to support us too. We do. It it, it goes. Both ways. If the support is there, then they can create. True that. So, as we before we yield, mm-hmm. I just wanted to vent. Uh oh. Because people are selling the obituaries from Nissy Hustle's funeral uh. on eBay, and I just want to say again, those type of people are scum of the earth. Less than that. And listen, I know it may take a lot of time, but if you have an eBay account, go on there and report that shit. Like, something that's free, like, celebrating somebody's life and you want to make a buck off of it. Everything's not meant to be monetized. Like, you you have to be the worst person in the world to try to make a buck off of someone's death. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, I just think as people, we got to do better. I agree. And and we got to hold our friends accountable and our family accountable. And we have to be okay with getting the criticism. And you know what? You could be upset at, when you get that. But take a step back afterwards and say, you know what? Is what they're saying right? Mm-hmm. And if it is, you can respectfully go back to them and be like, you know what? I apologize for the way that I took it. I wasn't in the right space. But we we have to hold each other accountable from from holding kids accountable, from holding our partners, our friends, our male counterparts, our female counterparts. People have to be held accountable. I agree. This world is wicked. And the only way it's going to get better is if we take a stand. Mm-hmm. Again, we know that this world has evil in it. I'm not saying that you got to go out your way and, and try to, like, stop a robbery or anything crazy like that. But just just be better people. I think we just have mm-hmm. to be better people. You know what I mean? Take from Nipsey and just be a better person. He was a, a crip who was cool with bloods and mm-hmm. everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get it. So It's all about doing better. Yeah, and it takes nothing to do better. Do better as people. Do better as parents. Do better as, as friends. Everything. Do yeah. better as... Yeah. We only get one life to live. And 
you know, what Nipsey did in 33 years, some people can't do a quarter of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We just got to be better people. And it, it takes nothing to be better people. But to those selling obituaries, you're a piece of shit. And then with that. I hope you step on all the fucking Legos. <laughs> Legos? You ever step on a Lego? Hope your car get booted. I hope you get a paper cut in between your toes. So that way it's like really hard to get to. How's it really hard to get to? I've never had a paper cut between my toes. Then you don't know how hard it is to get to. When you got a shoe on and you got a paper cut. Mm -mm. I can't imagine. I I mean, I've never had one either, but I'd imagine it doesn't feel good. Anyway. So with that, this has been yet another episode of Lover's Quarrel. This is your first time listening to us. We appreciate you for checking us out. If it's your second time, thank you for coming back. And if you are a, a lover... Long time lover. You already know I appreciate the shit out of you. And so do I. I didn't say that, but I mean, you got to speak for yourself. Wow. Listen, please continue listening. Tell your friends. Rate us positive or negative. Listen, we could take criticism. We mm-hmm. just want to be better. But this is so therapeutic for us. and mm-hmm. Well, therapeutic, yeah, for us. Because mm-hmm. I can speak for us again. Okay. Um, listen. Continue sending your letters to loversquarrelshow at gmail.com. You know, give us questions. Tell us Mm -hmm. whatever you want. Um, If you want us to look for some some new guests to have on, let us know who you want. Um, Follow us on IG at loversquarrelshow. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Twitter at loversquarrel7. And, you know, this is... Been yet another episode of Lovers Quarrel. I am your guy, TJ. And I am your girl, Danny. And as always, we fuss. We fight. But, but we, we love. love. Bye. Bye. Don't take my closing. Bye. You such a hater. Say bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>